Hello, Terri-Anne. Hey, Eloise. I'm so glad we could connect today. Yay. So So, you've been toying with talking about karma. Exactly. Mm. Karma and healing. So just to prelude everything, you know, I'm, I'm doing a very advanced tarot class right now, just with, you know, a couple of prime students and um, we get together once a week and we do some advanced work. And part of that advanced work is, um, is healing, right? You can, yeah. you can be working through the cards, the archetypes, the combination of the archetypes in the cards. And um, it's pretty phenomenal how new awarenesses come to light. And, and we know that as soon as you're aware of something, um, well, as soon as you observe you know, something, I mean, things change. Yeah, I, I, you know, we talk about this so much that we become and everything shifts. So my favorite example is, you know, when you're a kid and some light is coming in through the curtains and it shines down, you know, on a pile of your clothes and you see a monster. <laughs> um, what do we need to do? Well, turn on the light and you go, oh, it's just my clothes. And then you don't see the monster anymore. So that's one great way of doing it. But I was listening to uh, Scott Adams, uh, the the writer of Dilbert. And he's he's actually a hypnotist. And and he also um, is, I don't know if he's a master persuader. I'm not 100% sure of that. But he is a persuader. And, um, you know, one of the interesting things he was doing is something like what I do in Breakthrough. Or the work we do is just get someone to see uh what they believe and then you have this aha moment where you you see everything and everything changes and what he said was once someone sees something you hear this long pause and i thought yeah this is so um so powerful you know for us in body talk in tarot in whatever work that we're doing is that pause and that pause where someone cannot say anything you know when, when i'm doing a tarot reading and a person can yammer away I know I haven't used that that flashlight to hone in on exactly what they need to slow them down and that they can have their own aha moment. I'm not doing anything. I'm just pointing in, in dusty corners. Mm. It's like saying, I've lost my keys. I can't find my keys. And I say, well, they're, they're right there in front of you. And they go, no, 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 I look there. Well, look again, they're right there. <laughs> yeah. and, and, they, and they go, oh my God. And, and all of a sudden, they go silent and say, well, what was going on with me that I didn't see it? So uh, the keys, that's, that's a very easy example. But one of the thing that Scott Adams said that I really, really loved. So, you know, we say things like, um, you know, uh, when you really look at what you're saying, you write it down um, by, by hand, you know, using a pencil and paper, you know, is really oh, powerful yeah. to write down your belief. And it's going to operate on your nervous system in a different way. So I was like, yeah, yeah, of course I can. I feel that that sense of it operates on my nervous system in a particular way. And you go silent and, and you don't even know what's happening. But Scott Adams put it this way. He says, when that silence happens, watch them. What's happening is their brain is reaping. Yeah. I thought, brilliant, right, yeah. That's a great way to put it. So here's somebody who's a hypnotist. He does persuasion, writes these comics, is now trying to, you know, help people or, you know, if anybody wants to get out of cognitive dissonance, they can. 
and uh, he just helps them do it, right? Which is so much like the work you and I do. You do we do it in body talk, we do it in breakthrough, where you get someone out of cognitive dissonance. It's where you're you you, you believe something that actually isn't there. Right? Yeah. It's, it's just not, not that's that's the way I'm explaining it at the moment. That's not exactly the definition, but um, you're you're just not resonant with what's going on. So you know you can watch uh, the news and repeat the news, and it's not actually uh, the accurate information if you go back to the source, mm. right? You go to the source and go, well, wait a minute, that's not really what happened because the news could skew it, yeah. right, with their own their own perspective. So let's say the the newscaster is dissonant or the writer, the person who wrote it has cognitive dissonance and now the audience has cognitive <laughs> dissonance, right? It's a mind it's, build, it's, isn't it? It really is, right? Because we can, when you think about some of the work that you and I do, you know, a person will come in completely convinced that their side of the story is the correct one, right? Even the, the idea... Some people say, well, the fact of the matter Ooh, is... Ooh, that's a classic. Right? The, <laughs> yes, classic. And, you know, there's just no two people who are going to see an accident the same way. They're not going to see a situation in the same way. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the idea that you're not, you're not questioning yourself or in self-inquiry is kind of... Uh, already indicative of you're sure that your own sensory perception yeah but people's like perception of things is always skewed I was talking to a friend the other day and she was saying her daughter's always really negative like if you ask her what she wants to do she'll go into all of the scenarios that could happen if she did that and and my friend and I'm like I know my friend well and I'm like but we all have levels of that we don't see the level that we're negative if you see what I mean no I don't <laughs> no, sorry okay. so she was she was complaining that her daughter sees everything from a negative perspective so okay, she I was know. saying you know like this is all so yet my friend to me is in, from a negative perspective quite a lot of the time oh yeah. I see but, right but okay so like, well you know we all are to a certain extent because I probably am in some ways. Yeah, you can always make a blanket statement. Um, that's an, that's an, uh, but it, like, to say that we're always all doing it or we're always no, all. No, not always, um, but you know, at some moment we will probably fall into that. And that, that's the, the, that's the cognitive dissonance in my head. And I'm like, is that it as well? That we're always making stuff up in our perceptions of other people. Yeah, the 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 filters that mm. we have, right? That we're looking through at the world. And of course it makes it cognitively yeah. dissonant because the brain is your your cognition goes, I see this. Yeah, I could do this. And, I don't do it at all, but they do. And you're like Yeah, but there's this rule of thumb that that Scott Adams also brings up. I hope I'm going to do this justice, but it's um, uh, if if someone sees something and the rest don't, yeah. you kind of have to go with the people who don't don't see it. Yeah, right. They they don't see it or something like that. Um, it's just a rule of, of thumb. Like if there's a ghost in the room, you kind of have to go with the people that 
that don't see it. Oh, I always go with people that do. <laughs> For ghosts. <laughs> yeah, you probably don't. I don't agree with you. You no, I you, you likely no. actually don't. Um, you, you'll probably go with the, the the energy of the people who 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 are testing something, and you have you have ascertained um, sort of on an energetic level that their perceptions it's, on a subtle yeah. level are valid. Uh, um, but I doubt you're you're going to just. Um, I bet you you don't do it in practice where someone comes in and says, you know, I feel this negative energy in the corner of the room and that's why I can't get a job. Um, I bet you you're more likely to go, no, I see these other things yeah. that are in the way of you not getting a job and you're just blaming yeah. some dark energy. That doesn't mean there won't be the moment where there is a dark energy someone has. Yeah. That, you know, you tune into it and go, whoa, there is a dark energy in that yeah. house. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me just clear that out. It, it can happen. But I bet you more often than not, you're, you're on the side of um, they're perceiving something that actually is not there. Just like um, you just said about this, this friend of yours who sees her daughter as negative, And then you looked at the mother and go, well, you're negative. Right. So you're not on the side of what she sees. You're on the side of what yeah. you see. And more likely she's the one who's negative. So you're going with what is seen and not what is not seen. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. No, it does. Um, and the ghost thing was a joke. Sorry. <laughs> well, actually, it's, you know, I, I didn't find it as a joke because why I didn't take it. I, I took it partly as a joke, but partly no. Because we, we have been in a field, especially at my age, the field I've been in is usually these, this fringe field that people say, I don't see it, right? I don't see what you yeah. see. I don't understand energy. I don't understand, or I believe in energy, really, <clears throat> right? That's, that's a, when people say, I believe in energy, I'm like, wow, I don't believe in electricity. I know it's going through my lights, yeah. you know, and turns on the lights. I know it's there. I don't believe in it. And, you know, it's, you know they kind of go, what? That's energy. So what are you talking about? You believe in energy. But you know what they're saying. They believe that the energy work that we're doing, et cetera. And it's just a, it's like the, their perception is it's magical rather than perceiving that, you know, if you've lost your keys in the house, um, what's something that happens? Not lost your keys, but you've put your keys down, you've put your groceries away, everything. Now you have to go back out. You got to go pick the kids up. You got a few minutes time. They, you know, you can't leave your kids waiting for you. Um, blah, blah, blah. For whatever reason, they're too young. And um, now you can't find your keys. Okay, so, so what starts to happen? You can't find your keys. And even if it wasn't that you had to leave the house, I know a lot of people who I can't find my keys, you start getting stressed mm. because what's going to happen tomorrow, right? So so your blood pressure rises, you know, you get a little sweaty. I, I don't know if everybody does this, but I know too many people who, who go through this. You know, once I misplace something, I get kind of frenetic, right? And I'm like, where the hell is it? Now I kind of go, okay, you, there's just too much crap and you don't know where it is just relaxing it'll show up but there are times where i i'm i need it so i can feel the flushing the heart rate respiratory rate um lots of um sort of 
anxiety moving through the body, tension, contractedness. So those are the things that I've heard people describe that they feel, and that's what I feel. Mm. Okay, so what happens the minute you find the keys? It's relief. Yeah, so the heart rate goes yeah. back down, the flushing, the sweating stops, you start breathing. That's a healing in yeah. itself. Right? So, so there's no magic box there. The moment you see the problem, it's like you, you don't have a diagnosis. So it's terrible to have a label on you and depend on the label as your victimhood. But when you don't know what's wrong with you and you go to the doctor and they go, hey, you know, you've got some low blood sugar. You know, you need to eat every five minutes. Wow, what a relief, right? That I know this, mm. right? It gives you that relief. So there are certain, you know, if I go to the doctor, when I go and, and they tell me, okay, this is, this is what's going on and this is what you can do, that's, it's a huge relief in my system. So there's a healing done. Um, when I go to the doctor and nothing happens, I have no idea what's going on. I have no relief. I, I actually get further stressed. Yes. Right? Yeah. There, there's more and more stress coming in until I figure it out. So this just gives, I, I think, I hope those are good examples of when you see it, immediately the body mind starts to go through a healing process the minute you see mm. something and it is the same with the perceptions so you could be having an argument so a husband and wife are having an argument they both perceive that they're so, so imagine they're arguing they're in the boxing mm -hmm. ring they're each on both <laughs> sides they believe that each side of their argument right. is perceived uh, correctly that they're right that the fact of the matter is mm -hmm. but you know from the outside you just go well neither of those perspectives seem valid it's just the place you're coming from so the moment they realize the place they're coming from uh, the veil falls down and they don't see the other the way they did so that you know we call that projection we call that um um yeah, we call it projection, basically, like blaming the other person for your own stuff or your own beliefs. Mm -hmm. So that well, once you see that the veil can fall and, you know, you have immediate relief. So there is the magical part is we don't know what's happening when the system reboots. Yeah. But we do know that once you see something you haven't seen before about yourself the system does reboot but we don't know exactly all of the permutations and transactions and um uh, you know like downloading or or cascade effect however you want to look at this you know when the system is rebooting mm. you know and, and i don't see the system rebooting just as you turn it on and off right like when you think hey i'm going to turn off my computer and it's going to help well you turn off your computer and it's doing a bunch of things i don't know what the heck it's doing but it does a bunch of things. <laughs> Would you like to tell you what it does? No. <laughs> well, you know, you, you could, but I'm sure a lot of people know what yeah. it does. Um, and yet we're, you know, still, you know, the, the effect of it all. Yeah. You turn it off. It's just bizarre, yeah. right? Yeah. Always turn it off and on again. That's a top tip from an IT expert. <laughs> Yes, turn it on and off. I'm constant. I do it like ten times a day. I was on a train <laughs> once where they turned it off and on again. <laughs> Makes me laugh. They do it on. Yeah, the they do it on a plane. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, they are. They're always rebooting that uh, audio system. Yeah. So, so um, hopefully that's a good sort of 
segue into karma. Because I guess if we see the karma, we're going to have that observation and that reboot. Exactly, we will. And so, the thing is, yeah. too, because so one of the things that historically I've experienced with with karma is people would get um, very excited that I was reading past oh, yeah. lives. Yeah, people do. You know, yeah. they, get, they get super excited. So when someone is super excited about a past life and they really want to know what I was, they have a complete misunderstanding <laughs> of what was what goes but on. Can we break all. down and explain and, what karma really is before we get yeah, into sure. this? Yeah. So, gosh, I would make it really complex. Do you have a simple <laughs> line like? Well, yeah, you know, yeah. cause and effect, but but there is the duality that that there is no past and there's really no future. Time is is yeah, it's happening. Everything's happening. So everything's occurring occurring at the same time. So it's not this simplistic idea of you know I did this to someone, then you know this bad thing's going to happen to me. Though that could happen, right? Yeah, you could if you steal something. You could get you could get caught. That would be cause and effect. Yeah. Um, so and then later on, someone might steal that. from you. Exactly. To balance. So, so one of my favorite um, examples is when someone goes to court and they feel really justified, and you may look at all the facts, and actually they should win the case, but they yeah. lose. And, and when you do the cards, it's usually a justice card, and it's and the judgment card come up. So that is. Um, justice can be number 11 or number eight it depends which deck you're mm. using um, in the major arcana or number 20 in the major arcana so these two cards often come up as you're exploring the question for this individual and you see that oh there's a rebirthing going on which we would call in other healing techniques transmutation of karma so that that karma is being transmuted so somehow in a past life you did this person wrong and this lifetime you're paying it back mm. it's a payback yeah. so um it's so complex that if you think of this huge network of of lifetimes or and it's not really only the lifetime it's perceived lifetime but it's unresolved karma yeah. so so when, let's say, you look at the ocean and the wave, which is what my teacher, one of my teachers, Dr. John Beltheim, described to us, and I thought, what a great way to look at this. Um, you're, there's this ocean filled with all this different unresolved karma. The pebbles. And, <laughs> pardon me? The pebbles and the seaweed and the... <laughs> Yeah. That's right. Just little bits of different things. And then when the wave comes up, you pick up some of these pebbles or a, dr a drop of sand. Mm. Right. So, you know, five waves can come up, which are become five different people. Those are the souls of five different people. And they could pick up, you know, some of the karma of Cleopatra. So those five people think they were Cleopatra. They weren't. There, there's just this unresolved karma from uh, Cleopatra that they're that they're working yeah, on. Yeah, they're supposed to be like four thousand people that claim they were Cleopatra in a past life. You just right. had a bit a lot of drama. Not... <laughs> lot of stuff to resolve. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just all of that that uh well she she would have killed a lot yeah. of people. She would have 
done a lot of things that, that need resolution. So you could get, you know, five Napoleons or 50,000 Napoleons mm -hmm. or whatever. But the problem is, is saying that you were that is not legitimate. You'd have to have the exact same soul. Yeah. As the, the individual. So the soul that travels from body to body or to name to name, whatever you want mm. to call it, right? So here's me, it was a Terry Ann now, but once my soul leaves, whatever that soul is, um, and this person who's saying my soul, um, the soul is animating me and then my ego self, this contrived version of me that thinks it's, you know, got this voice and it thinks it's got this whatever, um, is, is, could have been, let's say, Cleopatra's. It could have been, but not necessarily. So it almost makes it unimportant um, whether it was you were that or not. So what's really important in healing is that once we become aware of it, that awareness is going to transmute the karma of what's going on now, whether that soul, your soul was the soul of somebody else, or you're just holding the unresolved karma and the vast sea of Ooh. karma, right? It, 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 people get really stuck on this. Um, I'm a little bit, maybe, I don't find it very important whether my soul was doing it or I've got the piece of karma because all in all, this soul in this body is resolving all karma, including the karma that it had yeah. in their lifetimes, but the karma it picked up. So it's doing the exact same job. Yeah. So we've got, you know, heart karma, then we've got the, the, the eighth chakra um, that brings in past life stuff that is you know bits and pieces or your soul could have been the, the quantum soup of consciousness the quantum soup of consciousness that's a good one and and then there's also this you know that this twin flame like you're finding your other person and um you know as, as the population increases on the planet and uh more and more people are aware of this stuff they yeah. meet someone and they say it's their twin flame you know, I'd say the likelihood of meeting your t twin flame has got to be so small. Yeah. Well, there's an argument. Some just... people arguing now we've got 256 of them or something. Yeah. But all right. So then I, I have no idea what this twin means. So yeah. So again, that 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 shows me that whatever perspective you're coming from, you can designate something your twin flame. So yeah. if your genitals and your hormones and your kundalini go crazy when you meet a particular person whose pheromones that you've just smelt are causing this enormous reaction mm -hmm. in you. Because I see it happening all the time. Someone has an enormous reaction to someone's pheromones and they think it's a twin flame. Then there's some people who um, the other person did something that triggered in them mm -hmm. that this is, this is love, you know, they just, and they cannot lose it and they become obsessive and um der deranged by it right because every time i meet someone who's got a twin soul there's some kind of obsessiveness going on so it lets me know this is karmic mm. right there, there's some kind of karmic energy so one of the things eloise and i wanted to discuss is that we can have past life karma but we can have the present life karma but that gets really complex as well not but it also gets really complex because we've got the family history coming yeah, through all of the ancestry the, pieces all of the ancestry and the mm -hmm. epigenetics right so um the epigenetics catalyzing what's in the genes so this is like family history of of karma but that doesn't mean it's not coming in from past life to that 
family member and then down to you as well. So you could see how, you know, your, your, the capacity of your mind to see how vast this can be mm. is, is going to be your, your there's, only limitation. There's too. so many layers to this. Shall I exactly. just explain what so, epigenetics is for people who don't know? Go ahead. Because <laughs> it's like something, one of those things that people go, okay. Um, so epigenetics is the markers on your DNA. So your DNA is like a recipe book and it gets put certain parts of the recipe book need to be seen in certain parts of the body. So like the recipes for creating proteins for the liver need to be only read in the liver and proteins for creating heart tissue, let's say in heart protein would only be need to read be read in the heart so you have markers on your dna that turn bits off and on so that you only see the bits and the recipes that you need where you need them in the body now when we get into problems then the recipes start being read in the wrong places and the wrong proteins start getting created and some proteins don't get created that should be created and that's when mayhem starts so epigenetics is all about the science of those markers turning on and off the genes and how the um, DNA gets opened and closed and read and all the other aspects of it. Does that help? Yeah, and just that the epigenetics can influence simply the reproduction of the protein yeah. in a particular area and it reduces its functioning. Yeah. So one of the things that, that um, I'm taking is a thing called Pretandum. It's got five different uh, combinations like ashwagandha, that kind of thing. And I forget all five of them, but um, uh, it's, it has such a, well, this, I'm testing it on myself now. <laughs> so there's a lot of information on, on YouTube and I'm waiting to see these results and I'm not quite sure what's, what's happening in me yet. Um, though there's, there are people with huge impacts, like massive impacts. They can go through massive detoxification. I'm on my, third month of taking this and I don't see the the results at all yeah um though there's been a recent deterioration in um in uh, my health problem so I'm wondering is it is it doing something now and um is this apparent my perception that I'm going through a deterioration is it ag actually a deterioration so here, this is a good yeah. example for how our, our, our perceptions work, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm perceiving that I'm deteriorating because there's more pain. I can sleep less. I'm unable to now sleep on my right, left side, which is usually what I sleep on. So I can't sleep on right, left, back, uh, or on my stomach. So I'm just constantly, just standing up. I lay on one side for a few moments. The pain is excruciating. Mm. Then I lay on my mid middle, then the side. So I do this all night. So you know obviously i'm sleeping less um the the pain is worse um so you could say all right there's a huge deterioration going on on the other hand um i'm still functioning despite the limited sleep i'm getting mm. i'm actually functioning better than i was uh, a few months yeah. ago i'm functioning uh which is so fascinating right yeah. like how can i be you know my, my, my mind it's it still gets overwhelmed really easily that that still goes on, but with so much pain, yes. And the other part is I am moving more. Mm. Now I can't, I still can't squat down. I, but I am, you know, lifting my legs, doing more stretches, walking around the house more. I went out and ran some errands. 
Um, then I went out to dinner. Like these are all surprising things that yeah, I would have yes. said there's no way I could do it. I would just be laid up trying to move. So interesting, right? So am I going through a deterioration or is it a shift? Right. So now I just kind of go, well, the, the two things are occurring. Apparently it feels like I'm deteriorating, but like lots of things improving. And um, obviously uh, there's a shift going on. Um, so fingers crossed it's for the better. Yeah. <laughs> fingers crossed. But so, so I'm kind of attributing this to a few things that I'm doing. Mm. Right. I'm doing too many things. So one of them is this pretend I'm in, um, I'm just, going to just elaborate a little bit. So the pranandum does, um, it's, it's a super sort of antioxidant of the, um, oh gosh, now you see my brain's not remembering. So it's the nerf 2 pathway and then there's the nerf 2 protein. I think that's how it goes. So anyway, your genes are reproducing. It cleans them up. So now the protein can reproduce. So the nerf 2 pathway is able to function really well. This protein pathway that activates it there's a lot more going on in there that um, how do you spell that? that i can't so people look it up Pardon? how do you spell the n-r-e n-r-f-2 is the pathway and protandum is the actual product p-r-o-t-a-n-d-i-m uh i think it's it's produced by different people this oh, is a wikipedia page on it so Yes, mm -hmm. there is. There's there's a lot of stuff. So this this, yeah, I find it fascinating when I'm doing treatments, and I can accelerate the, the sort of antioxidization of the nerf two pathway and the nerf two, so that the protein replicates. So it's really mm -hmm. a cleaning up of the epigenetics, right? Yeah. If you're you know if you look at that, the epigenetics get cleaned up, but the actual the actual gene that's reproducing this is all energetic so i don't this isn't validated it's just through the work that i've been doing um i like to keep my the work that i'm doing a little bit separate from what science says are facts because i've seen things for years and years and years and science says no that's you you you're seeing something that doesn't exist in science it's completely that is just, I've been told it's stupid. And then years later, you see all these articles. Mm. You know, somebody told me for years, there's no lymph in the brain. Oh, yeah. We've been there were just all these articles going around that they discovered lymph <laughs> in the brain. So I'm always doing this lymph uh, in the yeah. brain. And and people tell me there's no lymph there. Really? So I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Right? It's like when they just found yeah, out that... the lungs create blood. Oh, okay. one of my favorites. I'm like, everyone thought they understood the lungs, and nope, there was this whole other thing going on. <laughs> right. So, you know, again, it's all the, you know, the limits of 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 the belief systems don't allow us to see anything else. So, part of the things that I love to do is just look in, see what's going on, and um, work from there rather than having an idea of what's mm. there. Um, you know, you do need to know what's going on. It's really good when you do know, but it's also good not to know too much. Right? Yeah, because <laughs> when you know too much, it limits your level of what you it can does. see. Because you're like, oh no, I yeah, can't and see maybe, that. That doesn't exist. Yeah, and maybe the words "know too much" is um, yeah is not accurate. Sure, you can know a lot. That's fine. It's believing that what you know is oh, the yeah, answer. That's the that's, way of putting sorry. it. Thank you. Yeah. 
yeah that's that's also it's like okay i have all this information that's yeah, fine, not to just not but question. it may be incorrect yeah. yeah even if it's come from science it may be incorrect so when i go in it's like okay i have that information but that doesn't mean that what i'm seeing right because i don't like you see in metaphor the way i do right something something's metaphorical like you see um like i'll see the nervous system like a bunch of hair you know that gets yeah. all bunched up somewhere <laughs> And then I go in and I start seeing little movies of what's going on in that hair. And then you unravel the movie from the hair and then the nervous system relaxes, right? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, yeah. So you see these metaphors. There's not really a movie in there, no. but there is a movie. Really? I thought Steven Spielberg yeah. lived in my <laughs> Vegas earth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it does, yeah, it does seem like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, it does. You know, it feels like sometimes it feels like the, you know, it was years ago when when they first came out with that. Um, what was it called before the iPhone? You had a little thing that you could watch movies and play games on the little I. What is I guess I'm, it's not an iPad. It's an I touch. Was it oh, iPad? something like that. Yeah. Well, after another like that. thing. Yeah. First, yeah. So so when it came out. Um, you know, the first thing I did was, you know, go into the shop and go, I don't, I don't want this. I want something that has, um, uh, the keyboard and I want to be able to get on the, um, <laughs> get on and, and do have programs and both. So I was just blabbing away. And the girl looked at me and she said, you know, what you're talking about would be like having a, a computer on your yeah. phone. That's impossible. This was a yeah, young girl. Yeah. And I went, no, it's what I thought this product was. I don't want this product. <laughs> I want one where I can do all these things. Yeah. And, and she's like, no, no, no. And then, of course, the iPhone came out soon, soon after. But, you know, and even when the, the iPhone first came out, it was still not doing everything you wanted yeah, it to do. Yeah, so you're just, just waiting. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this was oh, what yes, I was seeing. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Now I can do everything on yeah. the phone, right? <laughs> Right, like like that wasn't gonna yeah. Gonna well, happen, but no, but I thought, I back but I to when I used to help design networks for civil aircraft in my first job. Yeah, that was back in the day when you'd have. I was talking about this the other day. You know, on a plane you'd have like a couple of screens across the whole length, and you'd have to be watching a movie screen about four miles away, and you could only watch that film. And then. Like so, I was like, "Well, they're going to start putting TVs in the back of the seats," and my colleagues were like, "No, they won't do that. Don't be silly." And I'm like, "What planet are you on?" <laughs> like, it's right. obvious and, and, that you know, flight entertainment would develop because <laughs> it was rubbish. Yeah, and it's it, that makes it so interesting. Um, what I find really interesting is how come. Why would your mind be so limited? Yeah. You know, so that's well, why would your mind? Of course, we know why the mind's so limited, but it's so funny that, you know, you're, you have the possibility to imagine anything. Yeah. And, and there we go. It's like, no, that's not going to happen. No, you're not going to have a computer on your phone. No, you're not going to have, uh, <laughs> you know, a different in-flight entertainment. Yeah. Right? Rubbish. Yeah, it's, it's so yeah. funny. Yeah, it's so funny. So, so yeah, some if, things are if, quite obvious. If on that level, can you imagine that, what your disagreements are with your kids or your disagreements are with your yeah. with your family? So we could approach it with the idea that you would do 
the work that we do in, in body talk with active memory and belief systems, or you do something like breakthrough, which is self inquiry. And uh, both of them are based on the healing nature of conflict, mm. right? The conflict comes in and, and, and um, it has a healing nature, yeah. right? All conflicts have a healing nature. So, um, but this, this brings in that your past life can be impacting you even in your viewpoints of the world, the place you're coming from, uh, your attitudes, or even your physiology. Mm-hmm. Right. So one of my one of my first uh, validations for a past life, because um, at first I thought, well, past life, that's fine. You know, um, does it exist? Doesn't exist? I, I thought it didn't matter. I thought what mattered was just the conflict, and that I'm resolving the conflict. So some people would hear the past life and go off and they were very proud and it fulfilled their ego and I was actually not helping them. Mm. I was actually reinforcing their ego, um, the, the more, more arrogant, um, self-inflating, self-centered, uh, defensive, walled in, um, what else? Think, uh, victimized yeah, ego. Right? So I found out, so, so they, if they found out they were, you know, Cleopatra, let's say, which never <laughs> happened, but I'm just going to make an example. Um, then they would, they would kind of go, okay, uh, I was Cleopatra, look at me, you know, very proud and whatever. Or someone who went through a terrible experience, like they were hung or, you know, especially this, this one that a lot of people go through. In a past life, I was a witch and mm-hmm. I was, I mm-hmm. was drowned or hung. There's just a huge group of people who love that past yeah, life energy yeah. and and they really tune into it and you know use it as a sword against the present, not realizing that you're still in your own conflict. You haven't resolved your own mm. So I I I was because we want to get about, neutral about everything, basically. Um. Uh, well, no, well, I don't want to get neutral. I just want to be free, free of it. So oh. I want the, yeah, I want that healing nature to occur so that once that frees me, I have a greater perspective. Some of the stuff we've been talking about where, you know, how come someone else isn't seeing it? Well, there's a limitation to what their mind's going to mm. see uh, based on uh, the beliefs they have that kind of close them in this walled garden and in their garden you know everything's valid uh they're right about everything in their garden but they're big walls around the Mm. garden and they're unwilling to see something else right like if i'm if someone's in their job and they say well we're not going to have in-flight entertainment what could be one of the reasons they don't want to do that well they're already over yeah pardon what did you say there'll be more work for them there, yeah, that's yeah. Sorry, I missed it. No, it's okay. But yes, simply put, there'll be more work, and I don't want more work. Uh, and it could be they're stressed and they're overwhelmed, and they don't want to think about it. Um, so that could be something uh, very clear that they don't want to do. Yeah. So there's your wall. That's that's the wall that you hit, and you go. I'm not going beyond that wall, and they will fight to remain behind the wall. Yeah. You know, they'll fight intensely. Um, so I was going into the direction of, I, I don't want to go this, you know, too long where there's too much yeah, information. Yeah, we can break do, this down and do some more. Now. Yeah, I just like to bring in that when we 
perceive a past life. So here's this one example, the story of this girl who came in and I was doing a reading and I was very busy. There were so many people in the shop. I was working, you could just hear them all milling about. So there was a lineup of tarot readings that needed to be done, but I'm with this young girl. And finally, um, I've got my eyes closed. She asked me for a past life, I closed my eyes. And I see these two little girls in, uh, in Israel, in a barn, there are two blonde girls, and one is more beautiful than the other. So this, the seven-year-old, I remember it so vividly, this is 20 mm, years ago. Wow. Um, the seven-year-old is just beautiful, and the four-year-old is even more beautiful. And the seven-year-old is jealous of the little one. So someone, another little boy is playing with her and just saying, oh, you're so beautiful. And she, her jealousy mounts and she's got a little hatchet in her hand, yeah. picks it up and hits the top of the, the little sister's head. So the hatchet mark goes right in the center of her head yeah. and makes this corner mark. It's really important. Makes this corner indentation in the head and the head cracks open completely. Oh, wow. And I am crying. And at the same time, the, the, the girl who coordinates my readings comes in and says, you have to leave. There's another client you've already had uh, 10 minutes over. So she left and the new one comes in. I'm now I'm on the next yeah. one. A week later, this girl comes back and says, I really, if you have a break, I'd really like to take you for a coffee. I'd like to talk to you. I said, okay, yeah, sure. I have a break. So I go downstairs and we get a cup of coffee. We sit down. And she wears her hair, you know, back in a, a ponytail, so everything's yeah. covered. And and she says, I need to tell you something. I want to show yeah. you something. Uh, my boyfriend says that you saw this. And she said, it's impossible because you can't see it through my hair. And she parts her hair. And there's the hatchet mark oh. with, a, with a blood stain. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. She said, we have been looking everywhere to find out what's going on with me i was tested i was checked everything we didn't know what it was so here i am you know 20 whatever she was 22 years yeah. old and finally had some relief wow she was like finally i have an explanation for this because you know as a kid they tested it just in case something was wrong because yeah. quite it's you know, it wasn't a small hole right mm -hmm. like is something wrong with the fontanel is mm -hmm. something wrong yeah. with it? you know you you never know what was going on so you know, they checked it out. So that's stressful checking it out, even though it's just a birthmark with a little dent in the head, yeah. right? Um, but it was just so powerful for me because I went, okay, so there are some past life things that come uh -huh. physiologically into the yeah. body. It was my first real kind of, you know, we know the birthmarks are past yeah. life things. We know all kinds of stuff now. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I, I was just testing. I always look at my wrists. It always looks like they've been chopped off multiple times. <laughs> yeah, those there you marks go, right. so and it's... around the neck and stuff on people and you're like, oh. Mm. Yeah, I never thought of that. I have yeah, a, you, I have you see, a, but it's a, like a neck. certain pattern to it. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, I've been I just got received a session today from my Hong Kong practitioner, mm. Angie Tarani, and uh, she did a really great karmic session. And uh, I didn't know she was doing it, right? So last night I went to bed, you know, I thought, okay, let's see if I can get a little bit of rest. And I actually 
you know, fell asleep a few times and, and woke up and I was able to lie on my back mm. with my legs over pillows, which usually I can do like for a few moments. And then, you know, it's excruciating pain and I can almost not get them off the pillows. Yeah. Like it takes me about 10 minutes to, to move. you know, move them mm. and stuff. And last night I slept like oh, that and I was nice. amazed. Of course, I wake up and there's a session from yeah. Angie. And I went, oh, oh, so that's what's going on. And I got some sleep. I actually decided to stay in bed and, you know, <clears throat> receive the session and do some of my emailing on the phone while I let my body just yeah. rest on the bed and um, got up a bit late and haven't done everything I need to do. But wow, you know, I, I'm sitting here feeling so much yeah. better. Yeah. Um, I can tell you this. yesterday I was like, they, they, uh, I'm ready to go for cortisone. I'm ready to go for an operation. I'm ready to be drugged like to the nth degree. Um, and these are things I just, you know, won't do. I resist doing. And um, yesterday I was, do, do whatever. I just succumbed. Like, whatever you want, do it. And of course, the session came in. I think she did it um, midnight. Your mm, sight. No idea it was going on, but definitely had some uh, ramifications and I would say this is a karmic session mm. so that's kind of the catalyst for this this next series is to just to see how this karmic work plays mm. out uh, and how healing it can be so um, there is an advanced part of the course that I teach um, the which you know you have to get there uh, but I start helping people see the past lives and when you 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 obviously I only give a past life when the cards demonstrate that a past life is required so that it's going to help the healing of the individual. I don't give past lives. No. So that doesn't come off. It's in the same. In yeah. It's in the same in a session with a client. It only comes up when it's priority. And it's when it's in body yeah. talk in tarot in in all forms, when you're just giving past lives, you're um, you don't know what you're, mm. you're getting into. No. So, so I think we'll end there and then we'll, we'll, we'll continue uh, next, next uh, week on on a little bit uh, more because this is a great, fun yeah, topic. Cool. And you never know while you're listening, you may just find some healing going on yeah. as you shed light on yeah, things. Yeah, especially if you've got any fragments of Cleopatra. <laughs> <laughs> or Jack the Ripper. Oh, yeah. or... You know, you, know, or, you know, these are these are ones that people, you know, when people say, oh, I want to hear a past life as though they're only exciting. There are child molesters, child yeah. killers. There are people who've been in, you know, you've been in wars many times. You could have been, you know, a victim of war or you could have been a perpetrator. Yeah. You might have had to kill someone. You know, these are these are tough things to look yeah. at. Um, there's there's a lot of uh, dysfunction, you know, that goes goes on in the world. And, uh, you know, historically, we couldn't survive as well as we can now. Now everybody can survive, right? I mean, there's so much survival of, um, of people who would have never, never survived. Like, let's say this was the, the, the 1800s in Canada. I'd probably not survive if I don't have somebody, um, you know, bringing me food, or, you know, farming for yeah. me and... You know, I wouldn't make it, you know, I wouldn't have made it in the world. My, my legs don't work. I can't run away yeah. from anything. Um, 
you know, I couldn't fight. No. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't hunt. So if I were a man or a woman, couldn't hunt. I couldn't farm. I can't even bend down to grow a vegetable, right? I would have had to lay down on the ground to grow a vegetable and then, you know, struggle to get up. And that would be my whole day. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gotten very far on my own. I may need a group of people. So the possibility of continued survival would have been limited, right? So uh, there's so many uh, dysfunctions that would not be genetically reproduced as they are now. I know this is really a hard thing to say, but we would have been killed. You know, as you go further back, you could have been killed by disease. You could have been killed by a cut. Yeah. A simple cut could have killed you. Right? Could have been killed because there's not enough food or died because there's not enough food. Right? There's so many ways in which we could have died. The the life we have now, um, especially in North America, and I, I often think of North Americans don't even understand um, I know someone who just a young boy who went to Columbia and came back and said, Oh my God, are we like just living with a family in Columbia and then coming back home and realizing the privileges that yeah. we have living in North yeah. America. Right. So, so people just don't realize that I have a, I'm giving a class, um, at 12 o'clock and one of the students is in South Africa yeah. and she left me a message saying we're doing load shedding. And load shedding is when the elect- electricity needs to be shut off in different areas so different people can get the electricity because something's yeah. going wrong. I mean, South Africa is beautifully advanced. They're running you know, out of water, everything. aren't they? Um, As well? They didn't talk about it too much when I was there, yeah. but there are certain areas likely yeah. that's... But, you know, the news always says you're running out of water, but yeah, I don't know. It didn't seem to me like there was a problem when I was there. So yeah. uh, Interesting. Because I had seen they're running out of water two years ago. Yeah. Right? Just like just like acid rain. When I was a kid, acid rain was going to destroy oh, yes, all plants and animals. Yep. So we should have been dead, yeah, dead by, dead by dead now. That's I'm, I'm almost 60 years old. Right. I should have died from acid rain. Um, you know, California, for so many different reasons, was not supposed to exist by now. Yeah. California should have been gone and it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I know today, California still exists and people are still living in there. Well, but it was just supposed to be 2012. So the world Pardon was me? ending in 2012. So we've done quite well to get I, this world, I don't know the dates, but the world was supposed to end many yeah. times, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the threats of things occurring, but our ingenuity as humans, to go back to the original topic, the replication of genes that's going on right now where everyone can survive. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you're going to have more and more um, reproduction of genes that are, you know, not as strong, let's say, yeah. right. Not as good. And um, our ingenuity is going to get stronger, right. We're just going to become better and better at dealing with disease. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, it's just we're going to be medically speaking, uh, the energy work that we're doing, and we're going to be resolving more and more karma. As terrible as that is, right? Yeah. So, but you know, or if 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 the universe decides, it'll just you know set a plague on us and get rid yeah. of us, right? Stop. So or get rid of the weed. get off my back. Yeah. 
Yes, it could be get rid of the week. You yeah. never know, right? Yeah. If if it's had enough, or we're headed to a place where we're going to figure out how to make great genetics, right? Yeah. <laughs> to clean them off. Or you know, everyone even will if, just have more you know, accidents and die taking selfies. Which is happening quite a lot. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny! But yes, that could be one way we clear ourselves out. The Darwin Awards is always cool. <laughs> the Darwin Awards, yes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> brain in comedy again. And even well, even that that kind of humor just makes me think of you know my grandparents looking at me going. You have no idea what it was like to have to, you know, wash your own clothes. And, um, you know, she didn't run around saying women were, um, you know, subjugated. It was the next generation that did all of that. She was like, no, we had to make things work together. Yeah, yeah, it's a joint team. You know, we had to, we had to figure it out. So my husband's working, I'm working. And as things got better and better, people just started complaining more and more about ridiculous things mm. right it's so funny it's like you look back and go they weren't complaining back then because they were dying you know survival <laughs> yeah was yeah you were just here to and, survive the day right so so you know my grand went from the early 1900s right born in 1920 my grandfather born in 1900 and then they die in the uh, 1980s and 1990s yeah. right so they lived they, they lived a long time and watched a whole bunch of things you know they watched the telephone come in being invented go from, the tv well, well not quite. The, the television right <laughs> uh they didn't they yeah and then you know we i saw black and white to color tv yeah. and then we went from you know no computers to these basic um computers at school yeah. that we started using that were just you just program it with punch cards yeah. out, right that yeah. huge main, mainframe thing that we used to look yeah, at right I used to work and then and then yeah. then you had a computer at home that had no internet you just had a computer so you know i used to look at it and go this is just a typewriter yeah this is a glorified typewriter type, yeah a glorified typewriter like what's the point you know you all it does is take up more room square that was cool <laughs> <laughs> and then and then all of this other stuff yeah. comes up and so kids today don't even realize no you know, i love those videos where they sit kids down with old equipment and things and try and get them to turn it on <laughs> or you know the, there was one i don't know if i believe this one but there was a dial phone that they they gave the kids and they said how do you work it and they they couldn't yeah. figure it out there's a whole there's a they whole know. series on YouTube where they take kids and show them old stuff. <laughs> it just blows their minds. <laughs> it's so fun. <sighs> right. Yeah, I'm just not sure if that's set up or not. Because they're they're so smart, these kids, that I just don't know if they wouldn't mm. they wouldn't figure out how to die. Oh yeah, I saw the kids on the phone the other day. Yeah. That they that they would sit and figure it out. I feel like their brains would calculate it. So I don't trust all those videos. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. send me ones you've watched because some of them I just don't believe. You know? Yeah. I don't believe that. You don't that. believe there's a ghost. Uh, well, yeah. it depends on the situation. Depends on the yeah. situation. Cool. Right. Well, we'll pick up karma next time. Yes, we will. And have a wonderful day. Say goodbye now.
Bye, Bye. sweetie. Bye.